Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. It's so exciting, as you know, my favorite part of the week, my favorite part of the day is when I get to spend it here with you and introduce you to my amazing guests that I just love to have every week because every single one of them in some way is somebody that impacted me through a random conversation, through an introduction by somebody else, through a book they've written or a podcast that they hold, whatever it may be, Every single person that I have on the show is somebody that I've had conversation with. These are not people that I don't know. And I think that that's really important for me to share with you because I really try to vet the guests that I have on the show with you so that you know that I've had conversations with them and that something that they've said triggered something in me that said, oh, I need to rethink something that I'm thinking about. I need to shift my perception about something that's going on. They raise questions. They make me think of new questions. And as you know, for me, the right questions can change your life. So that's what this show is all about, to help you think differently, learn new perspectives, meet some really cool people, and hopefully help you have a better life, a better business, and most of all, help you be the you that you've always wanted to be. You expanded. So let's just dive right into it right now. I am excited that I have, oh my God, Karen Stoltz is on the show. We were going to do this a few weeks back and I was supposed to be on her show as well and thunderstorms and lightning storms because I'm in Florida <laughs> and lots of things happen. Hurricanes. As you can see from the background, I am still in my kitchen. I was supposed to be back upstairs in the office and there's a mold situation up there. So I'm waiting to get that remediated. It has been the nightmare of my life, as you know. But you know what? It's still an amazingly awesome life. I love it. And Karen is here today. And you know, Karen, when we were talking, one of the things I loved, 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 was this idea of how many endings you've had all in a row. And I've been talking a lot about resiliency with my listeners because everybody's like, oh my God, I can't bounce back. And I've even said, I can't bounce back anymore. And yet you just seem to have this life that you are semi-sane as you talk about it. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I can live a life of semi-sane. <laughs> I have this perfectionist tendency, so I want full sanity, but you made me think that maybe I need um, to let that go. <laughs> oh, Laura, thank you so much for having me because I really enjoyed our conversations together. It was really awesome. And, and it is, it's an awesome life, but it is whatever we make it, isn't it? Um, yeah. And, and I've often thought about it through the years recently. I, I just went about my life saying, well, what are the other possibilities? How can things get better? Okay. Let's create this as solution-based. This is not a good situation. And we all have the power of choice. So um, my whole excursion into this realm <laughs> actually uh, began way back 
way back. <laughs> it's only been 20 years. It feels like a much longer journey. But <laughs> Hey, the, uh, the last four months have felt like 10 years. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But uh, it had gotten to the point where my parents were no longer able to live on their own. And they had been married for over 60 years. And I could not stand the idea of them being in a nursing home. Right. And I asked people, what can we do? I had siblings, what can we do? They all had jobs, I had a job. I had a wonderful job, it was great. And a wonderful boss who had allowed me to go to part-time so that I could take care of my parents in another state. That's amazing. And it really was, I, I, I was very blessed. And a wonderful husband who supported me in that. And I said, I cannot spend the night with my parents. That's all there is to it. I can't spend the night in my parents' home. But uh, as time went on, I said, okay, um, I'm killing myself. And I am not helping my parents. I'm not helping in my job. I'm doing a rotten job there. I'm doing a rotten job with my parents. I'm doing a rotten job with my family and my husband. Something had to give. And I did a lot of soul searching and said, okay, it's, I have to be willing to let go of something. And I went to my husband and said, I have to take care of my parents. They took care of me. They've always been there for me. And I cannot, it isn't them. It's for me. It's all about me. And I could not live with myself if they went into a nursing home. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think most people can. And I was fortunate enough uh, to be able to quit my job and say, you know, obviously I'm doing a rotten job here. <laughs> <laughs> So you need to find somebody who can really do the job. And I said to my husband, please understand, I love you dearly, but I have to do this. And if you find that you can't stay with me, I will accept those consequences. And I will understand. Thank goodness he didn't, he did understand and he's still with me. We've been married 50 years this year. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was good. But when I was there, my husband retired. And I said, Oh, my gosh, I can't go back to another job. So I, I was living with my parents in their home in another state. And I said, you know, they will pass. And what am I going to do? And if I have to go to a job, and while my husband is able to be at home and sleep late or, you know, play and go out to parties and right. I'm working, I would be very resentful. The other thing I saw was my mom. My mom was, after being so upbeat most of the time, she was the queen of excuses. Uh, always a good excuse, no matter what, to make you feel better. And I, I was pretty good at that myself, but... I saw she was dying with regret. And I oh, said, that's interesting. Okay. I, I, I don't want to die with regret. What can I do? And resentment. Because that often goes hand in hand, regret and resentment. 
Well, those are some really powerful, I mean, I know there's more, but those are some exceptionally powerful realizations that you came to about yourself and, and your family. It, well, I did a lot of soul searching. And now, mind you, Laura, I am not a deep, go deep, search, soul searching person. It has to be easy. It has to be fun. And so what I would do is just say, hmm, I know that this feeling is not something that I want. This is something that I do not want to die with regret or resentment for anybody. So what can I do? But rather than soul search and dig and find and, and ask people, I just let it go. And lo and behold, I can see it all now. I was sitting in their living room crying, saying, I cannot go back to a job. And I don't know what to do. That's a and huge moment. It, it, it was. And the universe always provides. Now, mind you, I didn't always believe that the universe provided. But that was a wake-up call for me. And it came to me and said, life coaching is coming into the being. Not only that, but the next day, I open up a magazine. It says, life coaching is coming. <laughs> and there is a school. And then I open up another magazine. And hey, life coaching, school, and personal development, which was not my forte at all. But I knew I needed something. And, you know, three times. And they show up three times in three days. <laughs> Got to listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you said your parents were in another state. So you were living with your husband somewhere else. You had your job, which you knew you had to leave. Mm -hmm. I mean, were this, were they in a different state where you had to fly to go see them or they were uh, in a, like no, a, it, it was three and a half hour drive. Okay. Well, that's nothing to laugh about, uh, <laughs> especially it, it, when they're, they're in a situation where there might be health issues three and a half hours when you get a phone call that you need to get there is kind of scary. Okay. And that's exactly what happened too. I got a call and said, uh, your, your mother has been arrested for accosting a police officer. She has dementia. Uh-huh. Okay. And they had taken her to the state psychiatric hospital. Well, that's and, a bit excessive, but okay. So, well, I guess she was, anyway, whatever it was, I wasn't there, so I can't really say. Right, but... dementia, dementia plays out in many different ways, and the police have to do what they think is safest for everybody and mostly for the person that's in that situation. Absolutely. So, no, I mean, yeah, everyone did exactly what they could do, and they were trying to do the best that they could do. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I was at work. I got the call and said, I, I told my boss, <laughs> my mom's been arrested and taken to a psychiatric hospital in, in uh, three and a half hours away, and I'm leaving and support me or not. It's up to you, but I'm, I'm out of here. Okay, and so I went uh, over. So you made this choice that you needed to take care of your parents. I mean, my listeners all know that for six years, mom lived with me. I took care of everything. I didn't mm. want her 
in a nursing facility. She didn't want to go in a nursing facility. My dad had passed away a couple of years before mom moved in with me, got a divorce in the middle of it all. Mm. You know, my dog died, oh, you know, it was oh, just, my gosh. it was all that those kind of things. You know all those things. Yeah, yeah. But making that choice to take care of parents is, is something that I watch from the outside for a lot of other people. And I struggle not to judge at times, I'll be totally honest, with kids who their idea is throwing money at it because they don't want to take away any of their own time or their own life out of the mix. But I've learned that for some people, they don't necessarily have that same relationship, family relationship that I had, mm -hmm. or they just, they don't know how to do it. They just don't. And it feels so daunting. So the, and it's frightening. It's really frightening to take on that kind of role. When you finally decided to do it, what were you asking yourself that enabled you to evaluate all the different options and go, okay, going forward? This is it. Uh, yeah, it was basically what is important to me? At this moment in time, we can't, we can't tell about the future. The past is done. What is important to me at this moment in time? And looking towards the possibilities of what might occur and really looking, how are you going to feel, Karen, if you sit back and continue on the status quo? And your parents go into a nursing home because no one else can take care of them. Right. And I didn't know what to do. Now, my husband, bless him, he, he offered to have them come and stay with us. And I said, no, that's not happening. <laughs> that, 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 that is not happening. So there again, and I had to soul search and ask, okay, what are the consequences? I could lose my husband. He might say enough is enough um, and, and my life as I knew it. And I said, what can I do to make this possible? Okay. What are the other possibilities? And my mom was still in denial about having anybody come and stay with them. They were perfectly fine. They didn't need any help. Right. Yeah, because they never need help. They they're, never need help. They're just no. totally. Fine. I yeah. I never help. Uh, no, don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, just a little aside. Uh, I remember when my mom moved in, and she thought it was. We all just thought, you know, maybe it's just a little, a few weeks or a month, and then I realized that it was going to be longer, and the bathroom she was using had a bathtub, and just a curtain, and the toilet was lower. And there were no safety bars or anything, but I started watching what was going on. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to redo the bathroom and make it accessible for walkers and all this other stuff. And she's like, no, you're not. We're not going to do it. I don't need it. And I said, okay, yeah, we're not going to do it. Well, the next day I had the plumber, I'd picked out the tile, <laughs> I, you know, and, and it took six weeks to, you know, take out the tub, jackhammer the floor to make it a barrier-free entry, to design all of the grab bars so they don't look like grab bars. And she goes, I really don't need this. I really don't need it. And we built a seat in it and, and all that other stuff. 
And within three days of it being done, she goes, oh, this is really great. It's so much easier. <laughs> and it just seemed like, you know, and then I got ramps for the front door that my neighbors built that happened to be really handy and, and then looked really nice. And she's like, I don't need this. I don't need it. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, this is so much better. <laughs> Did you find that with your family as well that you they had to look at it and go, I know what I need to do. They will get used to it. I could not, I did not feel comfortable doing that in their home. Okay. Because this was their home. If it was my home, yeah, in a heartbeat, I'd do it. But um, I, I, so I found other workarounds. Like uh, my mom was afraid of getting into the bathtub because, you know, it was so high and whatnot. Um, so she took sponge baths in the sink, right. basically, for years and years. And finally, I said, look, Mom, how about we, I fill up a bubble bath, and I am right behind you. So I actually got into the tub with her. Good for you. And, and she said, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. Why didn't we do this before? Yeah. Um, there were so many little things we kind of uh, I said well well mom I I left my job and I would really love to come and stay with you would that be all right with you if I came and stayed with you and you could take care of me <laughs> you know? it's, it's like a game you have to play to make them feel that they still have control over some aspect yeah and so we continued emptying out the house and whatnot. My mom had become quite a hoarder, um, buying common. everything, everything. So she, um, slowly but surely, we went through things and got rid of them and opened up the house. And then I said, you know, golly, wouldn't it be nice if we had this all bright and cheery? How about if I hire a painter, you know? So it, but it was five years. It was five years that we, we worked on slowly getting things together in the house. And all in all, because um, I didn't know, I simply didn't know anything. I was learning by the seat and by pants. And I just said, Karen, you, and many nights I would go to bed and cry because you don't know what you don't know. But I would say, what can I do? And the next day, something would show up. A neighbor would come and knock on the door and say, hey, we just moved in. And uh, we wanted to meet our neighbors and we're here for you. Wow. Wow. This is cool. So and I had help. You know, That's it, Fred Rogers said, look for the helpers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that wasn't me. Uh, you only relied on family. That's it. That's the way I was brought up. And that's pretty much what I did, rely on my family. But my family was in Virginia, uh, working full time in the southern part of the state. Uh, my husband was three and a half hours away and he was taking care of his mom. So it was me. And you're right, though. It all comes down to the questions you ask and what really is important at that moment in time. 
Right. And be honest with yourself. Notice, feel into your body because your body will always tell you what is right. And if it doesn't feel good, it's not right for you. I, I love that, Karen, because I've seen this too often with my clients, whether I had my tech company and I'd walk into a client facility to, you know, install all this major tech that we had to put in there. And we'd get into a business conversation because I always felt that the tech is supposed to support the business versus the business supporting the tech. And we'd be talking about different things and they, my clients would be like, well, you know, I think I have an issue over here, but you know, I really don't want to deal with it. And I'm like, well, tell me why. And invariably they felt it in their body first, mm. but they didn't want to believe what they were feeling in their body. So what was it that enabled you to fully get that you needed to listen to yourself and that your body, your brain was giving you signs that you needed to pay attention to something before, as they call it, the two by four sign <laughs> or the, the, the uh, concrete truck coming right at you. And I had plenty of those too, <laughs> believe me, right across it's, my head. It's much better when you wait, for, when you just respond to the whisper, right? Or that little feeling in your stomach versus the, the car crash. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, <sighs> I guess it's always been a knowing that I I would feel it right in my heart. You know, most people get a gut right. feeling. I never got a gut feeling. I'd feel it in my heart. And if it hurt my heart, then something had to shift. Okay. Some, uh, what else can we do? And that happened with, if there was something that made me feel really good, like when we were first married and I wanted to travel and we had zero money, <laughs> uh, what else can I do to make it feel good? Because golly, that feeling of traveling inside my heart just uplifted me, made me, and people around me responded when I was feeling right. good. So, you know, Laura, I'm not, I'm not actually positive what it was. I, I, like I say, I'm not a deep soul searcher until recently, but there's an inner knowing that you're on the right track if it feels good. And if things are not going along well, step back look at it, say, all right, is this really important or not? And trusting that, that feeling in the body, because that's the other thing I've learned through the years. <laughs> <laughs> if your body is saying, no, um, this is not good for you, you have this pain in the heart or your gut, and you forge ahead, it's not going to work out well. It just okay. is not going to work out well. Or as well as it could anyway. I mean, it might work out, but not really well. 
Um, so I have learned that if I should have to, need to, right? Three words I really don't like at all. <laughs> yeah, I call that the shoulda, woulda, coulda. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. It brings up that resistance. And that once that resistance is in your body, you're not going to do a good job. So many of the time I could sit there like a lump on a log on a, in my couch and say, I should be upstairs working in my office, but I don't feel like it. And I can soul search as to why and whatnot, or just allow that feeling and just say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, I'm just going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. And that's good. That's what I need. And then after 15 minutes, I can say, how are you feeling now? Well, you know what? I feel a whole lot better. And now I'm ready to, I'm, I'm ready to go upstairs and, and tackle those things. Because, yeah, I had my, my boo-hoo time. <laughs> it's giving yourself permission to feel what you need to feel. Dr. Joan Rosenberg's been on my show a number of times, and she's going to be coming back on to talk oh, about... Cool. Uh, working through emotions that can cause you to to be paralyzed and you yeah. you've given yourself that with doing that I like I want to talk a little bit more about this whole idea of resistance because you had to release a lot of resistance around here's how my life's going and I kind of like the way my life is going but mm -hmm. I need to do this for now I want to do this for now how do I make it work? Marlene Chisholm was on the show the other week where we were talking about releasing resistance. And one of the things she talks about is in order to release your resistance, to let go resistance to moving forward or to doing something, you have to have awareness mm -hmm. of what that resistance is. That is number one in an awesome life. Awesome is actually an acronym. Oh, cool. All right. I love acronyms. Go for it. <laughs> And that's the number one thing. A is for awareness. You have to be aware, aware of what's going on around you, a big picture. One of the things that was very distressing for me, I, I was able to come home. We hired a caregiver to take care of my parents um, for about three days so I could come home and see my husband and try and keep my marriage alive. Right. And... I kept getting this call from the caregiver saying, your mother walked into the closet. Like I'm just saying, walked into the closet? Yeah, I said, but why did she walk into the closet? I don't know, she just walked into the closet. And I said, well, what else was going on at the time? I don't know, she just walked into the closet. Oh, and I thought, okay. all right, hmm. She was searching for a light in the closet. Okay. What else was going on? And it, it's all about the awareness, the big picture of what else. And it, when I went back, number one, she couldn't have walked into the closet because it was so full of clothes. You could barely move right. when you opened up the door. So she couldn't have walked in. She was searching for the light in the closet so that she could turn the thermostat up, which was on the opposite wall. Because she was cold. And the caregiver wasn't able to 
ask the questions. She just, the caregiver she was just paralyzed. Said, your, your, your mom is crazy. She's walking in the closet. So you got and rid of this caregiver, right? We, we did. We did. But I, anyway, uh, yeah, those are, those are the things, but awareness that look at, look at what else is going on. What are the other possibilities? And that also allows that feeling, that slap in the face, gut-wrenching feeling sometimes. If you can ask yourself that question, what else is going on? What are the other possibilities? And find a possibility that makes you feel better. I'll tell you, when I found out my mom wasn't just walking to the closet trying to get away from the caregiver, she was trying to turn on a light so she could see the thermostat and turn it off. Because she was cold. Yeah, very simple. Yeah. I mean, that's smart to me. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, but she, couldn't, all right. she couldn't express it in a exactly. way that the caregiver could understand. Exactly. And what? the caregiver didn't ask either. <laughs> and then, um, so the, the next um, letter of awesome is uh, W, and that's wellness. We must have wellness. Um, exercise to a point. I don't do it all the time. I did go for a walk today. That does not happen often, but, you know, feel good. Do what you need to do. Eat food that makes you feel um, alive, not overstuffed. Um, and then uh, E is for energy. Most of my clients are looking for more energy. So find those things that, that energize you. That really, and you can feel it inside. I mean, I, as I'm talking to you, I'm getting more energy here, you know? <laughs> it's so cool. So find those things that bring you energy. And then if you're in business, S in awesome is for success. Success in whatever you do, whether it be business or cleaning your kitchen. You know, just feel that you are doing something that fulfills something in you and hopefully others as well. Okay, let's dwell on that S for a moment. Yes. I mean, all of them are really great, the, the wellness, the energize. I, and I love that you said something that makes you alive, but in like good way, because chocolate always makes me feel really good and a donut <laughs> or a piece of cake or something like that. But it's not... I can't eat that all the time because you can actually, when you get conscious about it, you can feel your body not really absorbing all of that. It's, it's not because that's not wellness. That's exactly. emotional. Exactly. Kind of let me feel that way or, or inflate something. But success, have you noticed with your clients as well, because you do coaching and things that oftentimes, because I see this all the time, even with myself, our definitions of success often are not rooted in our own definition of success. It's, there's a, a component of it for a lot of people that is rooted outside themselves by what we're told we should be successful or that I would have sold my, my company years before, but I felt I wasn't successful. Even mm. though it was a seven-figure company, I wasn't successful. I needed to grow it even bigger. I needed to have more staff. I needed, to, and then one day I woke up and I went, no. <laughs> Who decided that this is not successful? Number one, people want to buy my company. That's 
typically a good sign you that, that you are successful. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, when you were defining success for yourself, how did you come to what success would mean for you with all of this change that was happening for you? Well, focusing at that point in time with my folks and whatnot, it was a case of keeping my sanity and knowing, knowing that my goal was to not have regret. So being willing, success for me at that point was doing whatever I needed to do to feel good. That was success. And if it wasn't feeling good, finding a way to make it better. And also letting go, letting go of any sense of perfection. And I, I must admit, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Perfectionism is not in my DNA. Oh, you are so. <laughs> <laughs> because in truth, in truth, perfectionism, what is perfect? What's perfect for you is not perfect for me. What's perfect for me is not perfect for you. So true. So our decorating, you know, it's, it's, I, I love my home. Um, many people might walk in here and say, oh, that's nice. So success is where you are now at this moment in time. And that's where I, I teach a six-figure money mindset and recognize that we might have goals and we should. We should have goals to move towards, but that's not the end. That's not the end. So each, what would make you feel successful at this moment in time? Okay, and, that's good, because it's important to touch base and, and check in on that, okay. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I have my goal, and am I moving towards this goal? And if I am, then I'm being successful no matter what it is I'm doing. That's great. I love that. I love that. And yeah. I, I really hope that those of you who are listening out there really take that to heart because I just wrote myself a note about that. It, it's, I have the perfection gene <laughs> <laughs> that I've been letting go a lot of um, over, over the course of time, taking care of my mom and my dad and everything really helped me let go a lot of that. And frankly, COVID because, mm -hmm. you know, we we're doing so many more Zooms and uh, I just sort of let go that I have to have my nails done all the time and, and all those other things that are things that we put upon ourselves to get more comfortable in, in my own skin. But that whole idea, everyone who's listening about what is success in the moment? It, it, you have your goals, but success in a moment, that is such a cool concept, Karen. Uh, well, it's, that's all we have. We have this moment, it's gone. We have this moment, it's gone. What is this moment? And I am so grateful. I have to tell you, Laura, I'm so grateful that we are having this time together because after our last time, it, I, I felt like, oh, it, it was disaster with my Zoom going down and everything else. And Laura, you were wonderful and you helped me in that moment to feel like it was okay and i really had to 
I had to sit and say, yeah, it's okay. At this moment in time, it's okay. And my, one of my mantras while I was taking care of my parents is something I learned from uh, Thomas Leonard, who had the title of uh, father of coaching at that okay. point in time. And somebody asked him, what do you do when you have a difficult client? And he said, I tell myself, at this moment in time, they're doing the very best they can, even if it's clear that they're not. <laughs> well, it's clear that they're not to us looking at them, but to them, it's not clear that they're not doing the best that they can. They think Ex they are. Exactly, exactly. And for me, that, that helped me a lot because when I started getting really upset and angry, I, I couldn't control everything. I couldn't, I couldn't make my parents totally safe and totally happy and I couldn't make them totally anything. And that was difficult because I am the savior after all, you know. Right. Uh, <laughs> we all have, uh, most of us have that in them. So. Elaine Chisholm I, talks about that a lot. You would love her. I have to uh, introduce Yeah, her. yeah, I'd love to. Love uh, so anyway, it, it is one of the things that I kept my sanity at that point in time was at this moment in time, I am doing the very best that I can, even if it's clear that I'm not. And that allowed me permission that I was okay. I was doing the best I could. I really, truly was. And now ask myself the question, what else can I do? How can I shift this around? Because it's clear that I'm not. So what other things can I do to Those make it better? some amazing questions. They have such uh, power and you could take them on a surface if you want to just start there. You don't have to go deep. I know you've said you're not a deep person, but I think you are a lot deeper than you <laughs> want to give yourself credit for. Okay. Well, let's, let's put it this way. I don't, spend days or hours dwelling put it that way i i uh yeah i'll ask myself some deep questions and maybe maybe a maximum of 10 minutes and then just say okay it'll come to me when it's supposed to come to me and then all of a sudden i'll be walking up the stairs and saying oh I get it now. I get it. All right. Thanks. <laughs> and I'm I do so a lot glad. of thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that, that's, that's awesome that you shared that because people think that the only way you can have, and I think I'll, I'll call it the eat, pray, love method, of <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. The only way, and Elizabeth Gilbert is the first person to say, you don't have to go off onto an island for a year to have these experiences. You can do them in 10 minutes at home or whatever. It's a matter of giving yourself permission. And, and I love that you shared that. You, you maybe spend 10 minutes thinking about something and then you go, okay, let it come in. And while you're doing something else, 
it invariably will come in. You don't have to go off the reservation for a while. <laughs> Forgive that word. Uh, I have um, trying to remove those words from my vocabulary. I should ask some of my friends who are Native Americans how they feel about that word. <laughs> But what I mean by it is you don't have to leave your home and everything you know in order to have these deep experiences. No, you just have to no. give yourself permission to, as you said, with your awesome acronym that we've gotten to so far, um, using the A and the S, have awareness mm -hmm. and decide what success is around that for yourself. That, that's it. And, you know, when you think about it, we all know these things. That's why all of these epiphanies happen when you're in the shower. <laughs> I get so many in the shower. I, yeah, because you're open. You're, you know, you, what else is there to do except wash, you know, yeah. wash your hair. Okay. So anyway, yeah, uh, we, these are things we all are aware of. We just don't acknowledge them necessarily we don't accept that we are aware of those things and um and it does sadden me because some of my friends spend a lot of time in meditation and and whatnot but they're not moving forward and if you're not moving forward you know what it, you got to move forward in life you just got to right and so, is that what your om or e leads to in awesome? uh well um, uh, the O is actually for openness, be open to the possibilities, be open to looking at things in a different way, be open to accepting and appreciating help, be open to hear all of those epiphanies that come in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, M is for money. Money is a wonderful thing. It's a great energy. I love money. And it, too many of us, and, and myself included, I've come a long way to get to this point because money is supposed to be the root of all evil and bad and people with money are bad and they're not soulful. Guess what? Yeah, people with money can be very soulful. They can be... Wonderful. It is us. We make the choice. We make it, the choice. And it's taken out of context because the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says, you know, the love of the, the passion for money with the exception to all else. It's exactly is the root of all evil. Exactly. And that is uh, too many people don't know that. And the E is to enjoy enjoy have fun fun is number one and if it isn't going to be fun find another way to make if it's something that you have to do again that have to which i don't care for but right but there are uh, times in life that we have to do things that we may not always enjoy but they're necessary and and it's a case of looking at your goal what what is the reason that you have to do this is it because somebody told you to or is it because of something else is it something you want so i i always use my my kitchen i'm not um 
a cleaning fanatic by any stretch of the imagination. And for years and years and years, I would be happy to get up in the morning and do the dirty dishes from the night before. And now it's like, no, I feel good. It starts off my day great when I have a clean kitchen to come down to. So although doing the dishes is not fun for me, the outcome of coming down the next morning and seeing a clean kitchen with all the dishes taken care of right. is fun. So it's worth it. It's worth it to do that so that I can feel good and start off the day right. So enjoy whatever it is. Know that whatever you're doing, even though it may not be fun at the moment, like even setting up this, this setup that I have here in my kitchen. Okay. <laughs> uh, is not one that is wonderful and fun for me, but the opportunity to talk to you and not have Zoom go out made it all worthwhile <laughs> and wonderful. I love it. <laughs> That is so great. And and I know you you, you talked about this several times with what happened when we were trying to do the interview. Five years on broadcast radio before this switch to my doing the show this way really taught me that you just have to take it all in your stride. And the stuff that would happen on air, now guests call in from wherever they are and this is before everybody was doing Zoom and used to all this. I'm on broadcast and I've got a guest in New York City and all of a sudden fire engines and everything are going outside their windows and it's so loud. Or their doorbells are ringing because there's a delivery or the dogs are going nuts. And you just really can't control it. Or the feed to the antenna goes down. So we're mm. no longer on broadcast for whatever reason. Mm. So you have a choice of what you can do because knowing that I was doing a recording and it was going to podcast. Okay. I had one time a guest never showed for the show. I know I'm, I'm live on broadcast radio. That means dead air unless I can figure it out and commercials would start at the top of the hour and national news and then about 11.04, 11.05 and I realized my guest hasn't called in, can't reach them on cell phone, can't reach them on email, can't reach them on text, nothing. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to have to do the show myself and I'll just riff it and do whatever I need to. And then I texted a friend of mine who I always have great conversations with and I said, my guest didn't show, are you available? And she was with no warning, no preparation. She's like, okay, I'm like, call in. And we had the best show ever. <laughs> because yeah. we, and we just talked. So I, I've learned that it's really okay that things go wrong. You can make the best of them. I think I really got it when I fell on stage once. Oh. I was giving a keynote. I tripped somehow. Land, thank God I was wearing pants. And it flat on my butt (laughs) in front of like a thousand people. And I'm laying there and you could hear the collective intake (gasps) from everybody. And then I, out of the corner of my eye, I'm seeing people starting to scramble. Like, is she okay? Is she okay? And I just burst out laughing. In that moment, I had this choice that I could be completely embarrassed and mortified 
Mm-hmm. I think it would have been if the skirt had been over my head, but I was wearing <laughs> pants, so it was a. It, so was, it was okay. <laughs> and I started laughing, and next thing I know, the audience was laughing, and I went, "I'm okay," but you know what? The ceiling looks really cool. <laughs> looked up at the ceiling before, and then. You know, I said, I'm just going to lay here a moment because I'm trying to take stock. Am I really hurt? Right. And I got up and I finished the rest of the speech and we had a lot of fun with it. And at the end, people come up, you know, when you walk off the stage and they said that it was a really powerful moment for them, the way I responded. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful teaching moment. You it's. Being able to laugh, and one of, um, a performer friend of mine, he is the uh, artistic director of a, a little place here near me, and he, he said, he teaches kids how to act and come out of themselves and express themselves, and it's a wonderful program that he offers. But anyway, he said, I tell them that the audience is there to support you right they are there to hope and and give you the support and and the encouragement to be the best that you can be right and they are not judging you they just are there they want you to have fun to be the best you can be and and do it yeah, it's it's a beautiful lesson, and it really fits with your whole way of thinking, your program, your the way you you live your life. This whole awesome life, you know. And I'm just going to reiterate for anybody that might be just joining us now, you know, Karen Stoltz talks about having an awesome life. She's got an amazing podcast. Everybody as well too. Where awesome stands for. Let me make sure I got this right. Okay, Karen. Okay. Okay. Right. Awareness. <laughs> uh huh. Wellness, right? Energized, success, openness, money, and enjoy. Did I get did I get them all right? You, you got them right on, right on. Absolutely. So what helped you develop this? I mean, because you say that you're semi-sane. You don't say you're sane, you say you're <laughs> semi-sane, which sort of fits along with your awesome life. So where did that come from to get you to this point? Always being an outcast, I think, led me up. Um, and just having to learn to, because I was always alone growing up. And going through all the ups and downs. And in the last 20 years, learning how I am supported by so many people. I will share about a, a year and a half ago. I went right down the tubes and finally I just said, okay, Karen, you're, you're going to have to figure out a way to just deal with it and, and live a life that is miserable and die with regret and find a way to deal with it. And considering that this all started (laughs) with, I don't want to die with regret, uh, that it wasn't. And I just said, okay, nothing is, I can't do any, anyway, long story longer. 
people came out of the woodwork. They said, Karen, I've never seen you like this. And we went the old Karen back and know that you are loved, that you are awesome. And I had to be open to receiving it. Mm, and that's important. It, it really, it really is. And I, I appreciated it. And then that two by four across the head. Yeah, that came through too. Right. And, and for the first time in my life, I always told my clients journal. Okay. Journaling is wonderful. I never journaled uh, until then. <laughs> okay. And I started journaling and my world changed. It was, it was, it was awesome. It just like, oh, all right. This is what I'm supposed to do. This is, and awesome has always been a word. Well, one of my clients said, Karen, so many people use the word awesome, but you really mean it. Said, That's yeah. beautiful. I mean what you say, say what you mean. That's a beautiful, beautiful concept. So I want to make sure that everybody knows how to reach out to you, Karen, because you have so much great material and resources for people. So what's the best way for them to reach you and to find out about the work that you do? Oh, I'd love to have them. Well, there are a couple of ways. One is to just, uh, let's have a, a telephone conversation. Let's have a virtual coffee. I love meeting people. That's how you and I met was a virtual coffee. Yes, absolutely. And uh, so that would be tinyurl.com forward slash talk with Karen, all, all put together. The other way is just come to my, my website, uh, Karen, K-A-R-E-N-S-T-U-L-T-Z.com or um, visit me on Facebook, message me on Facebook. That's cool too, Karen Johnson Stoltz. Yeah, and if there if somebody's watching this on Facebook, Karen's been tagged in it as well. So add her as a friend and check that out. Yeah, I love all the friends in the world. Okay. And you have a podcast as well. And I do. Thank you. And you're going to be my wonderful guest on Friday. I, I can't wait. So excited. Um, yes, that that is actually could be he uh, heard at Anchor dot F as in Frank M as in Mary forward slash awesome life okay it's actually available on all pod podcast platforms right itunes stitcher uh everywhere yeah, yeah so, well at least at least seven at this moment in time okay so, so i'm excited the, the awesome life podcast um i'm not sure how it shows up there is another awesome life okay. so i'm not sure how it shows up but i know on anchor.fm forward slash awesome life you get me <laughs> okay well there you go so you can find it there and i know on anchor they always have links for different places that you can find the podcast for karen and i i, I encourage everybody to listen to it because it's she has amazing guests that talk about how they've created awesome lives or they help other people create awesome lives and i think that's that's really powerful for people to get using how awesome defines for you as an anagram. And I really want to thank you so much for sharing that because especially now, right now, 
with everything that's been happening where people's lives have changed, Karen, I'm sure you're seeing with your clients, with yourself, with those you care about, and, and even random strangers, that laughter and awesomeness for many, they're just feeling very heavy. Indeed. And the thing that I have, I love about my wonderful guests on Awesome Life is that they give us a new awareness to see things in a different perspective that open up possibilities for people because the truth is we don't know what we don't know. Right. I learned that this week, as a matter of fact, you know, I, somebody said, well, let's work on your website, Karen. And I said, and she showed me so many things. I never knew that was even possible. So, yeah, we don't know what we don't know. And the thing is to work in harmony. I heard recently about that, that really stuck with me, the symphony of the garden um, and, and how music is not made with one note. That's beautiful. We need to have harmony. We need to have people. We need to be open to others and awareness of what is going on. It's very important. I love that. We are made of, of so many different notes that come in and out of our lives throughout our entire lifetime. And those, those notes can be discordant or they can be the most beautiful symphony in the world. It's our choice, mm -hmm. right? To decide what we want to do with those notes. I love that. That is, oh, I got goosebumps, Karen. That is a wonderful <laughs> way to end the show. I never thought of it that way. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps too. I can feel it here too. Oh, man, you need to use We're going it. through. <laughs> I've had Tommy Baylor on my show, who oh, cool. is a renowned uh, producer, musician, has worked with the biggest names in the world. And I'm, I'm going to have to have him listen to this last part of the show and tell me what he thinks of it because he's just amazing. Thank you. You are amazing. You are awesome. My friend, <laughs> thank you so much laura it has been such a pleasure to be on your show and and i can't believe an hour has gone by and or even more than an hour has gone by and how amazing it is thank you so much well thank you and thank you for sharing some great questions for all of us to think about and i, I go back to one of the first ones that you posed to us when you're talking about gaining awareness and when you're in the middle of something, is this really important or not? To really think back and think about what you want in your life. So as everyone you're listening knows, for me, the right questions can change your life. So I challenge you, what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. Reach out, let me know how I can help you with anything that's going on in your life. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.